Welcome to the Garden Pod. Today we are talking about inclusion with Mike Riding and Claudia Campbell-Pegg. Let's start by introducing uh, Claudia. Uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, all right, so I'm Head of Learning Support here at Garden and I worked uh, in Singapore for 12 years before that and prior to that in Australia. And I love working um, with teachers and students who are passionate about supporting students with learning needs. Uh, Mike, you've been here for a while, but I'd love to hear you introduce yourself, Richard. Uh, my name's Mike. I'm the head of secondary EAL. I've been in role for two years now. Um, I previously worked at Garden uh, from 2012 to 2017, and I also had a, a brief stint in Spain as well. Excellent. That's great. And so you are here to talk about inclusion, and uh, currently we're doing Inclusion Week. So my first question for you is, GIS considers itself to be an inclusive school. What does that mean here at GIS? Well, that's a very good question, James, and I think inclusion means many things to many different people. But here at GIS, we believe that inclusion is about equality of access. We believe it's about equal opportunity for educational outcomes for all our student learners. We believe that uh, it's about respecting students' different talents, their cultures, their backgrounds and their beliefs. We believe it's about diversity and belonging and endeavouring to not only provide access but also challenge for all the students that we have in our care here at GIS. Mm. I love that bit about challenge. I think yep. that's important. Mm. That's and right. uh, can you define that a little bit more for me, please? Well, I mean, it, every student's individual. So we, yes. we obviously believe in personalised learning. Mm-hmm. So it's, it depends on the particular student, their particular talents, their particular needs, their particular strengths or yes. areas that we need to improve. So when we talk about challenge, it really does vary depending on the individual child. Okay. And this is um, aimed partly at teachers, but also at uh, parents. So we're going to focus mm-hmm. in a bit more now about how you can support your child at home. Yeah. Um, so let's uh, start with the um, English as a second language. What kind of support can you offer at home to help your child? I think the most obvious one for parents to help at home with is reading um, and reading at home to really improve um, use of English and uh, build literacy skills. Uh, there are several uh, websites that students can use and parents can use with them, uh, such as News ELA, uh, Newsround, uh, Time for Kids, National Geographic for Kids. There's quite a lot of sites. Um, I would particularly like to focus in on New ELA. Um, you can sign up as a parent or as a student. Um, and it has a range of news articles that are very current and up-to-date uh, on things such as arts and science, health, sports, law. Um, there's even a section for, stu- uh, for kids. Um, you can also filter by your grade as well, so you can find uh, reading that's appropriate for your age level. Um, and it, it's really good because they, they pull information and it's authentic uh, material that they pull from sites such as uh, Scientific America, National Geographic, NASA, History.com. Um, and what you can do is when you're reading, you can set the, the, the lexical level so you can choose the amount of text, the amount of words you're going to read. And then you can answer quizzes based on that text. Then you can really check uh, your reading comprehension and your reading levels. Um, it's also great for building vocabulary, particularly um, for non-fiction subjects. Um, And it really helps students um, build up a variety of sentence structures as well. What would be really great is if uh, parents can read at home with their students, uh, with their students, with their children, um, read together, read aloud together, make notes, discuss and answer the questions together and really build up that that conversation at home uh, about what you're reading, about what students are reading uh, and really help them 
build those uh, sort of higher order thinking skills, those ideas of evaluating and justifying and providing examples of things. Mm. And I, I'd like to jump in there as well. I mean, this is advice that we give with all parents and, and second what Mike is saying, that reading daily with your child is probably one of the most important things you can do as a parent. And if it is a bit of a challenge, which it can be at times, a strategy you could use would be to read one page and they read the other page. Um, and then go on like that for about 20 minutes. Making sure that you have the right book is really important and there are strategies we can use to level books. Usually we say rule of thumb is read 100 words and if they're making 10 or more mistakes, the book is probably too hard and to find an easier book because when we're reading with our kids, we want it to be about building up their reading fluency and the more fluent readers that we have, the more able they are to um, comprehend what they're reading. If children are stumbling upon every second or third word, they're going to lose the meaning of what they're reading and we know that reading is so important because as Mike said it does build up vocabulary um, and it also just builds up general knowledge about uh, big ideas and we can include all that information and, and all those ideas in our in our learning. Well, yeah. I, what I quite like about sites like New ELA and there are others mm. um, is that because you can set the level of the text the, the amount of reading that you're going to do or the amount of words mm. uh, it means that you can stick with the topic that you want to read you can just sort of read a different version of that text that might be more uh, suited uh, to either your reading level or your reading ability. So yeah. I think that's quite nice that they can keep um, keep the, the material, keep the, the topic and change the level. Mm. I mean, one of the lovely things is, is the library, which yes. is accessible to parents as well. So you can choose a book together. Yeah. And look, reading is our passion in, in learning support, so any parent who wants to find out a bit more about uh, reading at home with their children, please do send the, your child our way, and we're happy to help choose a book. So are all English teachers and any teacher in the school. So please um, do come and seek us out if you would like more advice on reading at home with your children. And just to build on uh, what James said about the library, is also the borrow box as well, where we have the mm. audio books. Um, you can get them through our library, and that's really good for listening along together. And then you can obviously form questions and a discussion about mm. what you've 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 listened to. Yep. Excellent. Um, what about um, the use of iPads? How do you how do you feel the use of iPads at home? Um, in terms of the amount of time that yes. the okay, so and in terms of what's useful apps. I mean, I know Microsoft Word has a special yeah. reading mode, choice mm -hmm. of fonts, things like that. Yeah, I mean, a lot of students that we work with use Audible, yeah. so um, or equivalent, and um, students will read along uh, while they're listening. And I think that's a very effective um, strategy for reading, especially if you have a child who has some reading difficulty, or you're trying to read a book that's uh, maybe more challenging than their reading level. Um, in terms of other apps, Mike? Um, for writing rather than reading, I think things like Grammarly are quite useful. Um, there's, there's the danger of a reliance on, on something correcting your mistakes, but I think if you're, if, without the teacher there, I think it's quite a good, uh, good app to use, if, especially if you're writing at home, and that'll help you with uh, grammatical or punctuation and, mm. and things like that. Um, there are other um, apps such as um, the Hemingway app where you can uh, paste in a piece of writing that you've done and it will tell you how many times you use particular word, uh, particular types of words, so how many times you use nouns, how many times you use passive voice, how many times you use um, past tenses, those kinds of things. Mm. And also, I mean, Google itself and also on your Mac has a lot of accessibility features that you can access as well. So reading the text back. So some students might prefer when they're doing their writing, for example, to actually um, verbally 
um, say what they want to say and the, and the computer will pick that up and write it out. It does take a little bit of practice and then it's much easier for students to edit their work that way. And also um, some extensions on Google um, will also speak the, the words back to yeah. To the children. I mean, we've talked a lot about encouraging English, but what about home language? What's what's your view about home languages? So we would we would like to encourage uh, home language use. Um, where in we would use it in school where applicable and where possible. Obviously, you relies on students um, having someone else in the class that speaks their home language, which is not always the case. Um, it also relies on a bit of trust from the teacher that the students are using it uh, to support their their learning. Um, however, I would would encourage students to read at home in L1, in the L1 being their home language, uh, as well as in English. So I think if you keep both strong, then it one helps the other, one supports the other. Um, if you've got a very good, strong home language, then the likelihood is your English will, will go to a higher standard or a higher level. Um, so we do encourage it in school. Um, with things like translations, I would I would... Be careful with things like Google Translate. I think word-to-word translations will work quite nicely and they will offer uh, students an idea of what that that word is. But I would avoid uh, extended uh, pieces of writing being translated or paragraphs because that just leads to all kinds of um, misphrasing and stuff. As the computer scientist of the group, I can tell you that nouns are the easiest thing to translate. Uh, Anything requiring emotion is much more difficult to to translate from one language to another. Moving on a little bit here, um, we talk about uh, daily review Mm. and about the way that keeping students practice, and if you do have special needs such as dyslexia, Mm. um, those daily reviews become incredibly important to help with memory. So tell us a little bit about that. Okay, so I mean it depends what uh, year and the kind of the the content or the syllabus knowledge that's required um, for those particular subjects. But basically what we say to parents is that You know, you've got four, in secondary school, you have four periods um, a day, four different subjects a day, that children should go home and spend 10 minutes per subject just recapping what they've done, whether it be key vocabulary and writing out flashcards for that, whether it just be a five-point summary of what was covered in that lesson today. And if there's something that they didn't understand, the best thing to do is to go back to the teacher the next day and just get clarity right there and then. Because what we find is a lot of students will not do that, not do that daily review, not clarify immediately if there's a problem. And then by the time they get to their examinations or their assessments, uh, it's Not too late, but in a way, um, the importance of understanding this prior knowledge um, unfortunately impacts further knowledge down the track. So what we really suggest is that you go home and you can sit with your child and do this. It would be 40 minutes of a day. You just sit down, okay, what are the key things that you learnt in history today? Let's write those down. And what these can become is the basis of um, your child's study notes down the track. So... If you're in IGCSE, it might be following the syllabus, for example. You might have the syllabus there and you might say, okay, in class you covered this syllabus document today, these are your dot points. And you can also create this vocabulary bank as well, which I think is really important because when it comes to actually doing the exam, your child will need all these notes and then they'll be able to use them to access the examination questions. Because as we know, exams have very specific questions and there are certain ways that we answer exam questions, but you need the knowledge to be able to answer those effectively. I mean, one of the key words we talk about a lot at the moment is HOTS. Can you explain that to me, please? Higher-order thinking skills. Um, I, this lends itself from um, Bloom's taxonomy of the, of the different um, degrees of, um, 
I guess it's how you think about a task and what you're able to do with a, with a, with a set of information. Um, one thing that would help build um, higher order thinking skills would be to, to have discussions at home. And I think that's forming the basis of a lot of what we're talking mm-hmm. about, whether that's reading and then discussing or whether it's reviewing what you've just done that day and discussing it. Um, so one of the things that we like to promote uh, here in EAL is we like to promote academic conversation. Um, obviously, we do that in class, but at home, I think that's also really important. Again, we've talked about home language. I think uh, a lot of parents ask, oh, I can't help at home with speaking because my English isn't strong enough. Uh, but speaking at home in your home language and speaking about a variety of topics and a variety of subjects will also help build higher order thinking skills. Um, I'm particularly influenced that we are in uh, uh, by the work of Jeff Sweers, who writes a lot, quite extensively on academic conversations. I just want to um, pull out a quote from his book, which I think is pretty pertinent. Um, the more and earlier that we have productive conversations with children, listening to their ideas, validating them and clarifying them, the more practice children get at conversation skills and thinking. This prepares them for school interactions and thinking throughout life. Um, and it says parents can use conversation strategies to talk about a story, an object, a TV show, animals, day trips, current events and so on. And I think having those conversations at home around um, topics, news articles, current events will help build those higher order thinking skills. I think it's um, really useful if parents can start to ask students, uh, students, I keep saying students, mm-hmm. ask their children um, about about what they're learning and how it can connect to other things and can they give examples of it, uh, can they par- paraphrase or summarise the information that they've read, um, can they uh, expand on what they've read um, and I think listening to children and validating and clarifying their ideas I think that's really going to help build those higher order thinking skills and final question Mm -hmm. for the pair of you I mean a lot of what we're talking about is extra work and extra pressure and all of those kind of things but one of our key principles at uh, Garden is Mm well-being so what are some of the strategies we can do to kind of balance that out Mm. well I mean um, personally I'm a big believer in having a, a range of different uh, CCAs available to students. I mean, when we talk about these things, Michael Carr-Gregor, um, a psychologist in Australia, he talks about having an island of competency. And I think as parents, we need to find our um, children's island of competency, meaning their, their area of strength, because there are often a lot of challenges for, for children at school or students at school. And it's finding that one thing that they're passionate about. And that's why Garden's so great, because it has such a great exposure to such a wide range of CCAs. It has so many sporting opportunities and music opportunities so I always say to parents it's really important as many parents say oh my child's not doing so well in this maybe I need to cut back on their music or their sport but I think it's about finding balance so I think that's one part of it making sure that um, your child has something that they have a strength in that they love that they can do outside of their their academics and outside of their school and another strategy that um, we use here as well I mean there's a lot of research into mindfulness and the effectiveness of mindfulness effectiveness of mindfulness and a lot of parents also come um, to us and say you know my child's very wired they're on um, iPads all day they're looking at electronics when they come home they're wanting to game or they've they've been very very busy how do we kind of calm them down and Mm. and also refocus them and uh you know as i said there's a lot of research behind um how mindfulness can be effective with this especially with um children with adhd as well 
So um, there are a lot of apps that you can use to practice mindfulness. Mindfulness really should be practiced daily. Um, you can have mindfulness diaries, but one of the, the really good apps is uh, the Smiling Minds app, and you can sign up for that, and it's free, and it does daily lessons um, and just that, the, that you can actually do with your children, and it has um, questions for discussion as well, and it's trying to just build about that self-awareness. Um, there's also the app, the Calm app, which is another one that a, a lot of people use. So they're two apps that we would recommend if you were interested in engaging in you know, meditation and some type of mindfulness at home. You could do it just before bed or you could do it just before you were to start maybe your daily review to help refocus your child. I mean, I think one thing is that when children are little, when my kids were little, we talked about bedtime routines, but actually secondary students need that just as much um, and particularly that calm down routine at the end of the day. Mm. Yep. And, you know, from doing this with uh, students at school, uh, their in terms of um, their opinions have started to change in terms of the value of this initially are quite resistant because it's not something that I think a lot of people do at home, but it's about just building that in and having that growth mindset, I guess, around yeah. um, uh, this, this method. I think with the range of uh, well-being um, sessions that are on for students at lunchtimes, mm-hmm. there's also well-being sessions. They will know a lot of things that will help um, relax and de-stress. Mm. Ask ask at home. Mm. What, what what do you do to, to de-stress in school and and use those um, those strategies? Okay. Thank you very much for coming along. Any final words? Um, no, I think we're we're good. Yep. Just keep talking at home. Yeah, and keep reading. <laughs> reading and talking at home, having family discussions. Yeah. Yep. I always think of great value is, is the family mealtime as well, if at all possible. So yeah. thank you very much for coming on today. Really appreciate your time. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye.